Jesus, who is the King of Kings, who was, who is, and who is to come. Thank you. 
till that day, Lord, when we see you face to face, God, and we will just sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, we thank you so much for the intentionality, Lord, that you have good plans for us here, Lord, that you invite us um, into this glorious plan to show your love, your unconditional love, God. How can it be? Lord, we celebrate and we worship you today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, good to see you all this morning. I uh, hope you're doing well uh, on this rainy, rainy, rainy day as uh, Hurricane Sally makes its way up to our neck of the woods and uh, gets everything wet around here and in North Carolina. But uh, wherever you're tuning in from, I hope you're doing well. And uh, we think about, as I say that, we think about uh, those people who just got hit by that hurricane and we want to definitely like keep them in our thoughts and our prayers uh, that they're safe and their recovery will happen quickly. And also uh, people out on the uh, West Coast who are undergoing uh, these fires, uh, family and friends and people you may know that are battling that. Uh, let's keep them as well uh, in our prayers as we um, just pray for their safety. Things can be replaced. But uh, we pray that their safety, their personal bodies, them, will be, uh, will be okay, will be safe. And uh, we pray for this country and everything going on in this country uh, with the COVID and uh, politics and um, the rioting and cities that are being torn uh, apart and people's businesses that are being looted because of uh, just the craziness of the time. And uh, so let's uh, let's begin this morning, if you don't mind, with a word of prayer, and we'll keep these things in our thoughts, and then we're going to dig into this uh, topic again of uh, when the going gets tough, we're going to look at another biblical character and uh, how God used him uh, to do something amazing uh, with his sons, with his two sons. So let's pray. Father, we love you, and uh, we're just thinking, Lord, right now about the people in this country and everything that's going on in our world right now, and especially right here in America, we pray, God, that you would bring safety to those dealing with storms and uh, the recovery process. We, we pray for those on the coast uh, that are dealing with fires and smoke and the loss of homes and property. God, we just pray that your spirit would just uh, protect those people and, and fill their hearts with peace and courage and strength that that as Americans and as people we have the uh, the resources in our in our country to be able to rebound and to, to come back and we've we've seen that happen time and time again and God we pray that you would do that for those people that are that are dealing with loss right now give them strength be with uh, this country as we get ready to uh, vote again and elect a president we pray, God, that you would have your way, that your will would be done, and that things that matter to you would be what's mostly on our mind, that, that we would step up and stand up and think about things that matter to you and vote in a way that would honor you, God, to the best of our ability. And uh, we just pray for those who are sick and dealing with uh, the COVID and this, this disease and all that's going on around our, the world uh, with this, and we just pray for um, uh, that you would work, Father, that people would be would be safe and um, 
protected and that, God, you would work in our hearts and draw people to you through all the things that are going on, Father, that in the midst of, of it all, we would realize, one, how, how uh, fragile life is, but then also, Father, that how much we need you and that you have the, uh, the remedy for our greatest needs. And only in Jesus do we find hope. And we know that this world and everything in it is, is broken and hurting and will one day be gone. But all that will remain, God, is you and those who are hanging on to you, God. So help us to do that. We love you so much. We pray that you'll speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for, uh, for joining me in that. <clears throat> so when the going gets tough, uh, is what we're talking about, and, and we see that happening in our world, and, and not only is it tough, but it seems to be getting uh, tougher. Um, I think most of us would agree that things are not getting better, they're getting a little bit worse, not just um, in one category, but overall. Lots of craziness going on in our world right now. And so when the going gets tough, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to stand tall and be counted or are we going to crumble under the pressure of tough times? And my hope and, and our hope is that we'll learn to stand, that we'll strengthen ourselves through the Word of God each week and every day, and that we'll, we'll, we'll rely on the Lord to give us all the courage and the bravery and the strength and the, the wisdom that we need to face every test that comes our way. That's, that's our hope. That's my hope. For you and for me. And so our springboard passage is this one in James. James says, again, I know we keep hitting this, but this verse, these verses are so important to our soul and to hanging in there during tough times. He says, consider it pure joy. That's that's that good outlook we're going to have no matter what happens. Bring it on, right? That's our attitude. Bring it on. I can handle it. God with me is greater than anything in this world. Nothing can overcome me, if I'm hanging on to the solid rock of Jesus, okay? So we're going to consider it pure joy. Bring it on. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, and they're going to come, right? But they're coming to produce in us uh, maturity and completion that we're not lacking in anything. And so what a powerful passage this is as we think about this idea of when the going gets tough, okay? Only those who are hanging on to the Lord are going to make it all the way to the end like hanging on with everything in us to the God of all creation. Well, we're looking at different characters, people in the Bible, and, and how they face tough times and challenges that they may have had and, and how they endured those times. And today, we're looking at a guy, and his name is Zebedee. You got to love this guy right off the bat just by his name, Zebedee. Like, who names their kid Zebedee? Like, what a great name. So those of you who are out there going to have a baby boy, and you're thinking about what can we name our child that would be crazy different than other people unique? Zebedee. That's a great name. Zebedee. I would love, I don't think I've ever met somebody on the planet whose name was Zebedee, but how cool would it be to, to meet somebody named Zebedee? But Zebedee is a great example for us today about, about trusting God, holding on to God, and living your life for God. So here's the deal. Zebedee, Zebedee and his sons, 
James and John is who we're going to talk about. They are, they are a powerful demonstration to us today about how God uses a father or parents to impact their children for the Lord in a world of chaos. In the midst of storms, God still is looking to use us to influence and impact the people around us, beginning with our own family, with our own kids. And uh, Zebedee is going to be a great example of that. I want to share with you three scriptures and then just talk about his life and uh, glean some, some good truths from his life. And we're going to keep this nice and brief, but um, I hope it's a powerful message to us today about this one guy, Zebedee, and how God used him. So here we go. Mark chapter 1 is our first passage of Scripture. And look what it says. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Uh, and he said, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. That's Simon and Andrew. Verse 19, when he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired man, men, and they followed Jesus. How cool is that? Now, a parallel passage we see in the book of Matthew. Matthew writes about this. In fact, the Gospels write about the, these first calling of the disciples by Jesus. And uh, Matthew has another, another recording of this that's very similar. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, uh, called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they're casting their net into the lake. Very similar to Mark. Uh, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they followed, their, they left their net and they followed him, just like Mark says. Going a little further, or going from there, verse 21, he saw two, uh, two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed Jesus. Now that's pretty cool. And then there's one other passage in Luke that I want to read to you. It comes out of Luke 5. It says this, uh, when Simon Peter saw this, when Simon Peter saw this, so the this there, if you go back to Luke chapter 4 and 5 in that area, what you're going to see there is this miraculous catch of fish that uh, these guys have been out fishing all day. They didn't catch anything. Jesus said, lower your nets. And they lowered their nets, and the net was full of fish. And then it says, when Simon Peter saw this, this miracle, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and they left everything 
and they followed Jesus. And that's pretty cool. Okay, three different examples in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who talk about this, this calling of these early disciples. So a quick uh, a quick kind of background or the setting of what's going on here for us, okay? Let me talk about that real quick. What's happening is Jesus is calling his first disciples. His ministry is just beginning. He has been to the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil, by Satan, for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, he has been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Remember, he came out of that, and an angel, a dove descended, and said, and a voice said, This is my son, who, who I love, whom I am well pleased. And now, and now the work of his ministry for Jesus is going to begin, and it's going to last just three years. Okay, three years, and then it's going to come to an abrupt end as Jesus is nailed to a cross and then resurrects from the dead. Powerful ending to this three-year ministry, but we're at the very beginning of this ministry right now. And Jesus is proclaiming, as he begins his ministry, good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus has come onto the scene. He has, he has come into the world just like the prophet said he would, the Messiah, the Christ. And he is beginning to proclaim news, good news, from the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The days of darkness, in other words, are now numbered. Jesus has come, and therefore a great light has come in the midst of darkness, and a great hope has come to all mankind. And now Jesus is gathering some men, some key disciples around himself that he is calling to follow him very closely for the next three years. And, and 12 of these guys are going to become apostles. They're not just going to be disciples, but they are going to be apostles. Men who saw Jesus, men who heard Jesus, men who walked with Jesus, men who, who, who were empowered by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So he chooses uh, some sets of brothers, right? We got Andrew and we got Simon, who uh, Jesus chooses to follow him. He calls them to follow him. They're from Galilee, around the Lake of Galilee, where they fish all the time. And then he calls these other, this other set of brothers, uh, who are James and John, who, whose father is Zebedee. And these men are going to follow Jesus. And what they did was they saw amazing things that Jesus did over the course of the next few years. They heard Jesus teach about the kingdom of God in a way they have never heard any rabbi or any teacher ever teach. He taught with power and he taught with authority. And they became, these men are then going to become eyewitnesses to the things that they saw and heard Jesus do. And they're going to write about this, which is what we now have as our scripture. But for today, for today what I'm interested in is the dad of James and John, the father of these two guys whose name is Zebedee. And we do not get a glimpse into the life of any other dad of the apostles but this one, this one father, he, he, he's going to make the headlines in the scriptures as a father of 
James and John, who become apostles for Jesus. And uh, we know a few things that are pretty interesting about these guys and about this family. Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting about these guys is this, is that these boys, James and John, they're pretty hardcore guys. They, they are not uh, simple guys. They are not easygoing guys. These, these guys are like the probably the defensive linebackers for, uh, you know, for a football team. These are rugged, tough, brute kind of guys. They are the defensive, uh, the defensive guys in hockey, right? They're the ones that are going to punish anyone who comes around the net, right? They're, the, they're, they're going to check people into the boards. That's these kinds of guys. They are rough and they are rugged. And somehow, the reason I'm telling you this is somehow they have earned the name Bonergis, 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 Bonergis. Oh, however you say that, either Bonergis or Bonergis. And it's a nickname that Jesus gives them. And the name means sons of thunder. These guys are, are called by Jesus sons of thunder, James and John. Now you think about that. You don't get the name sons of thunder by being a wimp, okay? You don't get that by being uh, wimpy in any way, right? Like, you get two boys together, and you better watch out. Like, like I've got, you know, Leo and Bruno. You get those two guys together having a good time, and, and they go crazy. They just have a lot of fun, and they're rough, and they're rugged, because they're boys, and they're that way. I grew up with, with five brothers, five brothers, in one household. And when we got together, it was like WWE Hulkamania, like all the time. Something, something was going, or someone was going to bleed, right? Some nose was going to get punched or hit or elbowed, or there was going to be a cut with somebody's head on a table or a balcony or somewhere, somebody was going to be injured when we got together as boys. It's just the way we played, it was rough and tough, and some of you understand exactly what I'm talking about, or something was going to get broken. A window, a lamp, the bed, an arm, something was gonna bleed, something was going to break. So we understand what that's like. These guys got the name Sons of Thunder. Now that's a wild, wild title to give a couple guys right? You don't get that title by being a bunch of pansies. You get that by being sons of thunder, like powerful, rough, rugged guys. These guys were fishermen. Calluses, bruises, muscles, toughness, pulling in nets full of fish, working hard on a boat. These guys are tough. And, and they probably got this title for a number of reasons, but most likely for the most, the, the, the biggest reason they probably were titled that was because on one occasion when they were going through Samaria, there was a town there that did not welcome them. And James and John, these sons of thunder, they wanted to call down fire. Like, let's, Jesus, do you want us to just call down fire on this town and we'll just wipe it out, we'll just crush it? Like, that's the kind of, like, kind of guys these were, right? These were rugged, tough guys. They were hardcore. Another interesting thing about these guys is this, uh, or about their family, is that we know that Zebedee and his wife Salome, 
were uh, thought great things about their boys. You like, like we all think that our kids are going to be the next like pro athletes or uh, presidents of the United States. You know, most of us feel like our kid is going to go off and do amazing things. At least we should feel that way. Well, that's kind of how they felt about their kids as well. And, and on one occasion, the mom, Salome, asked if her boy, she asked Jesus, can my boy sit one on your right and one on your left, Jesus, when you come in your kingdom? Like that's, that's like she thought her kids should be right there at the top of the food chain, right? They should be like prominent people. And of course, Jesus said, said to her that those places, uh, he did not control who was who would control those places or who would sit where. Uh, so that's just how the parents thought about their kids. They loved their kids and they thought their kids were going to go on and be great people and do great things. And these guys were rugged. Well, let me just share with you a few things to kind of glean about these this, this father Zebedee mostly. Because I read to you the passages about Zebedee, but what we see in the life of these two boys is their father kind of coming through in them. Like, have you ever, have you ever done something or maybe said something or you sensed a, a mannerism of yourself and you thought, boy, my dad used to do that or my dad used to say that or my mom would do that and now I do that. You ever notice that about yourself or maybe about your siblings, your brothers? You, you see them do something or say something and you think, whoa, whoa, they, I know right where that's coming from. It's coming from mom or dad. Well, that's what we see in James and John. We see their father coming through. And here's how we see this. Four different ways and then we're going to wrap this up, okay? Told you it's going to be very brief. First thing is this, is that Zebedee is a very, very cool dad. You think about that because, or I think about that because his sons are like hanging out with him a lot. Like they're fishing together. They're out on the lake together. They're, they're like, you know, whenever we see Zebedee's name, it's, it's connected to uh, these guys, his sons, and they're out on a boat fishing. Like they're hanging out together. That's what they're doing. As, as a dad, like if you as a father, want to instill things like faith and trust and patience, those qualities in your kids. If you want to do that, one of the greatest things you could do is take them fishing. Just take them fishing. Not only are you going to learn patience, but you're going to be teaching them about patience. Because we all know that fishing is a lot of casting. And sometimes you go out and you catch nothing, and other times you go out and you catch all kinds of fish. But it teaches a person patience. And for a father trying to teach his kids patience, it's teaching the father all the more patience. And so you want to learn patience or trust or uh, uh, qualities like that in life? Take your kid fishing. See, what, what, what Zebedee did and why he's a, a very cool dad is that he found common ground to spend time with his kids. Now, yeah, it was a family business. And yeah, there weren't a lot of different trades that you can instill in your kid. But, but he is teaching them this trade about fishing that they would now use for the rest of their life. They would learn, use to earn money. They would earn use to put food on the table and to take care of their family and their kids. 
But, but what I think most is that these boys, I think they love just hanging out with their dad. I think they love the fish because their dad loved the fish, and they just love being around him. Number two. Number th the second thing to glean about Zebedee is this, is that what he did was that he instilled in them along the way loyalty and honor. Remember, it's, it's Peter, it's James, and John, and those three guys later on in Jesus's ministry become, of the 12, they become, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle for Jesus. They are the three guys that Jesus takes with him places that the others did not go. When Jesus wanted to pull together the guys that were closest to him, or most loyal to him, or he felt most connected to, it was Peter, James, and John. It was those three guys. Remember, they were probably the first ones that he chose to become disciples. So out of all the 12, they were with Jesus actually the longest, maybe by only a few weeks or maybe some months. But they were with Jesus longer than all the other guys. They were with Jesus when he went up on the mountain and was transfigured before them. Moses and Elijah and Jesus, and there's Peter, James, and John. They're with Jesus on that mountain. When Jesus raised Jairus' daughter, they were with him uh, when, when he healed her. Okay, uh, when, when Jesus went to the garden to pray and he went a little further in the garden, he took Peter, James, and John with him in that moment of prayer. And then other than Paul, who was not even an original apostle, Paul became an apostle later, John, John, the Apostle John, one of those three, John has the most writings in the New Testament outside of Paul. John wrote more than the others wrote and is included in our New Testament. And so these three guys of the 12, James and John, were very close to Jesus. And I think that only happens, that only happens, you only gain that loyalty and that kind of honor as a person, I think, by watching somebody who was full of honor and loyalty, and I think they got that by hanging out with their father. I think their dad instilled in them this sense of loyalty and honor. He demonstrated that kind of closeness to them, commitment, loyalty, mentorship, as he mentored them, and now they are going to be mentored by Jesus, and they are giving back to Jesus what they learned to give back to their father because of his love for them. The loyalty they had led them to be uh, exactly what the Lord Jesus needed when he went to choose some loyal guys to be his apostles and his his uh, disciples that he would one day give the baton to and they would carry it on. He needed some close-knit guys that would make sure the job got done. Guys that were loyal and guys that were full of honor. Number three, Zebedee is a hardworking man and he displayed it. He displayed hard work. Fishing was like the family business, right? And what we see is, is him not only fishing with his kids, but we see him, like, on the shore, mending their nets. Now, that's an interesting thing, right? They always seem to be mending their nets. It's like it's like put, tying new line on your reel or putting a new bait on your reel or putting a new hook on. You know, you, your line gets frayed, and you got to cut off part of it, and you pull some new line out, and you put a new hook on, and you put a new lure on, whatever. Uh, in their time, they 
they cast nets. They didn't have fishing poles. I remember I went to Haiti uh, one time, and, I, and I, I wanted to go fishing in Haiti so bad on this trip. And so Pastor Manny and some of the other pastors said, yeah, we'll go fishing. I was with Ronnie, and we went fishing, and I, I was blown away by it. We went down to the shore where it was not very clean, but we got into a boat, and I'm thinking, okay, we're, I'm looking for the poles. I'm looking for the bait, you know, because I've been on fishing trips before. But this one was like none other. We got in this little wooden rickety boat about eight of us in a boat that probably should only help four. And we go out the, off the shore, maybe a hundred yards. And it's not very deep, but it's deep enough to swim in. And, and out of nowhere, these guys, these younger guys that are with us, they take off their shirts and they go into the water. In the water they go and they take a net with them and they pull this net around the boat. And they make this huge circle and then they slowly bring the net in and they push the boat, the net into the boat. And there's all these little bitty fish about this big. Well, that was fishing. That was like so New Testament for me. That was like, oh my goodness, I've never fished like this before. This is insane. It was so cool though. It was just so cool. I thought I had gone back into the Bible times and, and I was with like some New Testament guys and they're going to teach me how to fish with a net. It was so cool. But that's how they fished back then. And what's happening is um, Zebedee and James and John, they're always mending the net. Well, you know why they're always mending the net? It's because they're always wearing out the net. And you only wear out the net by hard work, by going out there day after day after day and trying to catch fish that you could take to the market and sell so you could have some money to buy stuff, food and bread and those kinds of things to support your family. And so Zebedee, he's a hard, hard working man. And that hard work ethic rubbed off on his boys, James and John. Once these guys began to follow Jesus, it was on. That hard work that he instilled in them came out. And they were men who, who were ready to go, work hard reach the world, spread the good news of the kingdom of God, of who Jesus was, and they lit the world on fire for Jesus. They worked hard for Jesus because they saw that hard work ethic in their father. Number four, last thing is this. Zebedee, when it comes to Zebedee, he taught them. I think he taught them. We see this in their life. He taught them to stick to it and fight through the hard times. Stick to it and fight through. You know, there's no doubt. These guys are fishermen. I've been out on the water. I've been offshore, 20 miles offshore. I've been 40, 50 miles offshore. I, I know what that's like, that you look back and you don't see land. You're a long way off. Well, the Sea of Galilee, you could see the sides. But when you're out in the middle of the, the lake, over those hills comes bad weather quickly. So quick that you don't have time to get out of the lake. And so there's no doubt there's no doubt on that lake that they caught nothing while they were fishing. And they came back with no fish, no livelihood, no income that day. And they had to learn what it meant to fail. They had to learn what it meant to be like disappointed. 
Like they had to fight through that and learn that, hey, you don't always win and it's okay to fail. It's okay to lose. It's okay to come back empty handed. You're just going to get up and you're going to go back out there the next day and try again. That's what you're going to do. And that's what these guys learned to do. That's what their father taught them, that in the midst of hard times and tough times, you stick it out. You fight through it. And there's no doubt there were times that they were out on that lake and a storm came up and, and, and the waves grew high really quick and they had to fight for their lives at times i'm sure they did there was no bilge pump pumping water out of the boat like there are today they had to bail the water out of their boat as waves came up over the side and filled their boat as they're pumping water out of their boat probably on more than one occasion they had to fight for their lives they probably, there's no doubt in my mind, because I know what this is like, they have probably, in those little boats, got tossed overboard as well. John Michael, you and I know what that's like. It's no fun. But they didn't have any little orange life vest pop up that they could grab onto and swim to shore, right? They had nothing. They are out in the middle of a lake. They had to learn to swim, and that took strength, and that took a determination that most of us will never know. And they had to fight for their lives at times. See, in that boat, in that boat, on that lake, with their dad setting the pace, they learned to be men. These guys learned to be tough. And then when Jesus came knocking, come follow me, they were prepared. They were so prepared. Like when the going gets tough, when the going gets tough, remember this man, Zebedee, and his two boys, James and John. See, for Zebedee, what made it so tough was that when Jesus called them to follow him, they left everything. They left their nets, they left their father, and they went and followed Jesus, which left Zebedee with no one but maybe some hired crew some guys that he had asked to come help, and his two sons, James and John, who he raised to this point in their life, had a mission. And their mission was to go follow Jesus and, and take on a greater calling. But that left Zebedee there to fend for himself, which is exactly what Zebedee maybe didn't wish for, but was hoping for, that his kids might have a better life or that his kids might have, have a purpose in life beyond just catching fish, that Jesus was going to use them not to catch fish, but to, to reach souls, to, to be fishers of men. And Zebedee played such a critical role in the development of learning to learn how to catch fish first and then go catch men or souls with Jesus. He didn't know that was going to happen, but it did. And when it happened, when it came time for that, Zebedee accepted that. He was cool with that. And they went and they followed Jesus. When the going gets tough, remember Zebedee. Remember this man, Zebedee, right? A man who thought it pure joy. When the trials of life came crashing over his, his boat, Right? He considered it pure joy. It wasn't fun. It was uncomfortable, but you know he faced it head on. A man who thought it pure joy, a guy who saw the waves and the storms of this world as opportunities to teach real life lessons. 
That's what he did. He used the things around him to train up his kids to be men, to be real men, and make boys into strong, powerful, great men for Jesus. That's what Zebedee did. That's what Zebedee teaches us. And so when the going gets tough, remember this guy, Zebedee. Let's be more like him, right? Let's remember that people are watching us. The world is watching us. And let's demonstrate the kind of faith and strength in Jesus that would make God proud. And that others will want what we have because they see this strength in us. That nothing can shake because we're holding on to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's pray. Father, we love you and I pray that you would speak to our hearts in a powerful way as we think about this guy, Zebedee, and what he did for his two boys and what they went to do with Jesus because of it. God, use us for your glory. Help us to be strong. Help us to be powerful, whether we're men or women or boys or girls, whoever we are, wherever we are. God, help us to be used by you in a mighty and powerful way. We love you so much and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. Have a great week. Please stay safe.